Your luck just ran out because this is Slashers, a horror movie podcast brought to you by two goons with nothing better to do on whatever night we decided to record this week. My name is Jake, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, how's it going, guys? So, Brian, any adventures this week? Anything crazy, slapsticky happen in your life? Uh, no, no, just a whole lot of work, a whole lot of rain. I'm getting sick of this shit. Yeah, I think I need a toboggan to get to work tomorrow. It's awful. I think we got a little over an inch of rain, inch and a half. She's <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm sick of being soaked and tired at work. So yeah, what about you? Nothing. Just working. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much of a life and. Working our lives away. Yeah, it's great. You know, somebody was like, yeah, we're meant to do more than pay for insurance and taxes. And I was like, yeah, that's why I have a podcast. Mm. Hey, yo. Uh, But, you know, I'm having fun with it. I think life is generally good. We've been having a lot of great fan interactions on the Instagrams. Uh, Reddit is a barren wasteland that nobody gives a shit about. But we do have (laughs) not only a Slashers pod subreddit, there's also a crap-ass little podcast subreddit. There is also, I think we own the 90s horror movie subreddit. And I think we have like three subscribers altogether. So that's pretty dope. (laughs) And I, I found out the other day in looking at Apple, we have reviews on Apple. It's notified me that we do, but we don't have enough to where they will actually post the reviews. What? Yeah, Are you, you have, kidding me? You have to have five apparently, and I thought we would have had five by now. Nope. So, yeah, we all of them have been five stars. I have been very, you know, graciously assured. But we end up in a situation now where we're just twiddling our thumbs and waiting to be famous. Right. I wonder if there's any way, or if there is any, a thing where there's like a Yelp. But for, like, podcasts or something, that would be kind of cool, right? A lot of directories have it. Like, we have a a five-star A-plus review on Podbean. Oh, there Um, we go. So, yeah, if you're out there and you would like to help spread the word to the masses, apparently you're not allowed to do that unless you and five of your homies gang up together and form a conspiracy to rate and review but we would appreciate that very much. Usually you're supposed to do this kind of begging at the end of a podcast. I'm doing it at the beginning because I'm anticipating that people are going to get annoyed and just turn it off. But I got your download, motherfucker. Straight no shame. Yep. So, Brian, on the topic of the social medias that we have had, I did a little bullshit AMA type situation. And I was the one using the Instagram account. So it's not fair to you because you didn't get to provide your responses. So are you ready to go through and start this episode oh, with dude. some playful banter? Yeah, let's do some rapid fire. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. First thing that comes to your mind, no judgments, because I have been criticized for multiple answers that I had. <laughs> and my official response is, fuck off. Okay. Which is apparently my catchphrase. <laughs> All right. First question. X-Files question mark. Um, Scully. She is so fine, right? That's uh, Dana, Dana Scully. 369, damn good fine. Oh, my God. Do it to me, sock it yeah, to me one more time. Absolutely. Man, Get she, low. Was, she was fine back then. Um, She's fine now. Is she? I haven't seen her in anything She was recent. in Hannibal. Was she really? Yeah, dude. She played Hannibal Lecter psychiatrist. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like it. I might have to check that out. Yeah, that was 
awesome back in the day. I mean, I feel like actually a coworker of mine, whenever he gets a text message, it has the, do, the do, 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 do. <laughs> no, it's the whistling part, the do 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 do. Yeah, and then like every time that goes off, I'm just like, okay, replaying certain episode in my head. Yeah, so. my answer was one of my oldest and longest obsessions. You might remember being that you were in my wedding. I referred to Dana Scully in my wedding vows. So that tells you what kind of fucking nerd you're dealing with on this show. Yeah, man. I also referenced April O'Neil and explained that's why I was marrying a redheaded lady. <laughs> I have a type. <laughs> Among other reasons. Oh, yeah, um, obviously. <laughs> True love and all that bullshit. Okay, what's the worst movie you've ever watched? Oh, Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah, that is a hard one. I thought for probably 10 seconds and I was like, all right. You want mine? Because it'll tell you, you can go beyond horror, because that's the rules I set up. Okay, go for it. I'm not proud of this. Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, that one's really bad. Oh, man. The reason I picked that one is I thought of The Last Airbender. Yeah, that was so bad, But it was so bad, but I feel like the Dragon Ball one was even worse, and I went into that with lower expectations, so that tells you it had to have been... Can we go back to that one, if that's possible? Yeah, do you want me to reread it? No, 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 as in, like, go to the next question, and then I will get back to you oh, on, for sure. on this one. Sorry uh, for the, the, the failed rapid-fire response. Okay. What's your favorite rom-com of all time? Rom-com? I don't know. It would have to probably be uh, Wedding Crashers. It's not bad. Yeah. I had win a date with Tad Hamilton. <laughs> I don't think there's any shame in that. I had to defend that for 20 minutes over lunch today with some of my friends from work, and I was like, look. Simple fact is, it's sardonic and sarcastic, and it turns the genre on its head. There you so, go. So, I liked it. Do you like me, yes or no? <laughs> is there a third option? A bearded lady with a <laughs> sword in her teeth. Uh, a, yes, I like you. Perfect. So. Do you like, like? Can never, we'll move on. When are you going to do more B-movies slash awful movies? Uh, well, I feel like uh, from what we were talking about earlier, we have a couple uh, in mind. Oh, so. yeah. Favorite Saturday Night Live based movie? I had to do a twofer. I couldn't pick just one. This was like picking children. You know what's funny is I'm so strange when it comes to SNL. I never watched it. I like maybe one or two episodes. But I mean, based on like the earlier Will Ferrell movies, it would, uh, it, it would probably be the uh, Night at the Roxbury. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I picked The Ladies' Man and Wayne's World, and I said if you combine the two, that's pretty much our show. Okay, that makes sense. Wayne's World, yeah, because I mean, I grew up watching Wayne's World, so I guess maybe that would be the choice also. And that would make our new catchphrase, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party on, excellent, in the butt. (laughs) For some reason, I was thinking you were going to go with like Schwing, but yeah, that works too. (laughs) Oh yeah, well that would have been the simple answer, but I can't do that because I'm just a moron. Oh man, I I I'm, I miss Chris Farley. Right, uh, I love you, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you start a horror podcast? I think we talked about this, you know, before we started the actual horror podcast, and this is after the MMA podcast, where there was like that break in between where we just hadn't really talked to each other for a while, and. Uh, kind of got a little strange right i'm like oh man he's a little bit of a stranger well it's hard because it was we would talk but we wouldn't talk like ritualistically and i think that was a big problem that you and i both had and also hanging out because you moved up a mountain i moved (laughs) you know just circumstances being as they were i don't think we were ever not super close right right point like 
there would be weeks where we wouldn't talk where before, especially when we did the MMA podcast, because we had to be going and pouring over news every day. And, and plus, I mean, I was 15 minutes from you yeah. uh, when we were doing the MMA podcast. So Seriously. it was super easy to do. And so, we'd watch uh, MMA together. That's one thing that the biggest shame of this show is that we don't have the resources to watch the movies together and record together. Which I feel like we should probably do at some point Specials, at least just, I think, yeah. yeah yeah you know we'll watch uh, something where it's like obviously going to be like a first time movie for both of us yeah right? i was talking about with chad and jim who are good friends of ours trying to coordinate a night where we could do critters before a new binge comes out yeah that would be really cool but know. just do a mini episode because i mean critters either you love it or you don't it's kind of a, you know, a watch yeah, and I mean, from that group text we've had going on it seems like it's almost like a weekend gauntlet like Seriously. let's start out doing some archery maybe we'll watch a movie or two and uh and go from there yeah my answer i get to hang out with my best friend when life and all its obligations would otherwise put loftier pursuits at higher priority. No idea how I got those ten penny words. <laughs> Part two, I was ostracized from my interests as a kid, and I want to set an example for my daughter to pursue the things she likes slash loves unabashedly. And three, building relationships with the mutant goons from beyond and fostering positive interactions between fun, spooky people. My point with that is... Very often online, I mean, you, we've talked about this. I come from a world of people who look down their nose at each other. The hardcore scene where it's like, oh, you haven't heard death punch fuck shits? And you're like, no, I haven't. Where can I download it? Well, you can't fuck face because you're a pussy. You're right, like, right. Oh, neat. Whereas in horror, there are a lot of people who do that. Oh, like, you haven't seen this obscure movie from 1923 that's silent and in reverse? And you're like, no. And then they look down. So far, I haven't had to moderate anything on our page. People yeah, I mean... You're going to find elitists wherever you go, and that's unfortunately going to be uh, the truth of the matter. But we don't choose who follows us, but we don't care who follows us. Exactly. So that really kind of defeats everything else, right? And you're just like, well, I mean, like us, don't like us, whatever. I'm not trying to live up to anybody else's expectations. Yeah. These are who we are. So. Fuck you. I do what I want. That's it. Favorite movie monster? Hmm. It would probably have to be Mike Myers, man. You count her as a monster? I would. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's a humanistic features. Obviously, it's a dude, but like, it's I mean, quote unquote, the shape. So I guess that kind of helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the one with the, the Celtic, whatever embodiment. Oh, Druidic. The Druidic curse. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. My I pick my favorite one is Norris's head from the thing when it sprouts <laughs> the legs and crawls away. Dude, that thing's badass. I mean, so there's so good. many good monsters from the thing. Yeah. Right. And now this one, you might have just blown out of the water. So I'll let you switch your last answer if you want to. Favorite slasher movie? Yeah. Eh. Yeah, definitely Halloween. Anyone specifically? Sorry about it. I mean, just the the movie series in in general. I had to pick Jason Lives, number six. I wouldn't really count the first one because I think the first one's my second favorite. Okay. But I wouldn't really count it as a slasher per se. I mean, I know that it comes to define the genre, but I just don't think of it that way. Right. I think of it almost as like a revenge suspense different. Like Jason Lives is like the quintessence of what I like about slasher movies. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's violent. Right, right. The visuals are stunning and hilarious. And yeah. Now, favorite cheesy scary movie? Blood Diner. Ah, damn it. That's it. It has to be. I mean, I didn't have any greater of a response than literally two seconds into the movie just dying of laughter, you know? I picked Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, okay. Eh, 
Now that I you said blood diner, I'm like, yep, I took the wrong answer. I picked <laughs> no, my you, wrong favorite. No, you know what? Good old Ernest uh, movies, you know, they're they're classic. Oh, Reminds yeah. me of you know me as a youth watching them. Ernest uh, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest and saves Christmas. Ernest yeah. saves Christmas. Ernest scared stupid. You know, and uh, know what I mean, Burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun trivia. Did you know that they recycled clowns from Killer Clowns from Outer Space to make the trolls in that movie? Really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Pretty dope. It's amazing how well it works when it's just covered in mud and they don't have the same nose, but they're the exact same thing when you look closely. I feel like it's been a couple times where we've mentioned Killer Clowns in Outer Space uh, throughout a couple different episodes, and I feel like it's it's going to happen, right? It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Uh, For sure. (laughs) I would count that among some of my favorite. One of my favorite Dickie songs, actually. Hell yeah. <laughs> From outer space. There you go. Killer Wow. I like it. one of my favorites. Funny enough, I actually, as an attorney, I deal with, uh, there's a hearing representative who was in the Dickies, who I've had multiple conversations with. And if you watch the music video for the Banana Splits theme song that they cover, oh, he's yeah. in it. So Absolutely. I was like, oh, that is you. Dude, he's singing into a banana in a banana peel. So great. It's amazing. Absolutely. And speaking of banana splits, did you hear about they're doing like this sci-fi is doing a horror show set in like the making of the banana splits? Really? Super weird. That's really strangely specific. Yeah, right? I was like, (laughs) what kind of market research were you doing where they were like, oh, yeah, because they tried to reboot the banana splits. The thing was like 2010 with like cooler versions of them and there were shades and everything. I was like, "Mm, this doesn't this doesn't work. For some reason, this reminds me of those two guys dressed up as bananas in pajamas. Remember that? (laughs) They were climbing up the stairs in pairs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, Brian, what movie are we doing this week? Uh, We're doing Leprechaun. Which is why I said that your luck just ran out. Kind of going back on one episode, I think it was Chud, where I did the catchphrase and then I did This is Slashers. I think I'm going to go back to that. I think it's kind of fun to do the tagline because taglines are inherently so dumb. Yeah. So I think it gets you in the mindset to like have your mind numbed by our bullshit for an hour. Right. And it's funny because I feel like whoever created the catchphrase spent an absorbent amount of time thinking of it. (laughs) I like to think that he was sitting there and just practicing in a mirror. Or she. Oh, yeah. I like that. (laughs) He's he's sitting there and he's like, shillelagh, um, pot of gold. What's some Irish shit? Fuck, Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> Fuck. As he's eating Lucky Charms. Yeah. <laughs> then it comes to him just like uh, Reese Witherspoon in Walk the Line when she's like, it's like, it burns like a ring of fire. <laughs> Second week in a row, I get to make fun of that fucking scene because it's so stupid. R.I.P. June Carter. How about that? When did, uh, when did Leprechaun come out? 1993. Jesus. It was January 8th, 1993. So let's get into the statistics, shall we? I think that was, what, five and a half, almost six? <laughs> yep. That's a great movie to watch. <laughs> made on a budget varying between 900000 and a million bucks. It made $8.5 million. If you want to get hyper-specific, thenumbers.com has 8,533,294. Box Office Mojo has 8,556,940 as if it fucking matters because we're not seeing a dime of it. I was like, it. where's that 23,000 coming from? Uh, come here, you. <laughs> so the opening weekend, from everything I'm seeing, it's the only movie that really came out that weekend. Oh, so uh, they killed it. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it, but it's weird that you would put January, the first week of January, you're dealing with Leprechaun, not St. Patrick's. You couldn't have pushed it for March. 
apparently the movie was filmed in 91 and not released until 93, so it was kind of already huh. waiting a while. Okay. It was on the shelf for a little bit. A little bit. So the week before was Hoffa, Trespass, and Lorenzo's Oil. The week after was a live body of evidence and nowhere to run. Definitely no overlap in terms of the you know a t- target audience. The movie has a runtime of 85 minutes. Directed and written by Mark Jones. So he's already in our good graces. Do you want to know why? Why? After doing Leprechaun, he directed the April 23rd, 1994 episode of Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater. Oh, nice. He also directed Rumpelstiltskin, which is effectively a reskinned version of Leprechaun. He directed a TV show <laughs> called Nightman. He wrote two episodes of the Mega Man animated series. He wrote seven episodes of Superboy and one episode of ALF. That guy's done some shit. Seriously. Huh. Busy boy. I'm impressed. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Tell me if this sounds familiar. He's in the 1400s. He's jailed in a small jade figurine. And then he's released in modern day Los Angeles. Yep. And Leprechaun, though it's set in, I think it's North Dakota, is filmed in Los Angeles. So, it, the same fucking Definitely movie. Definitely the same thing. Whenever I think of Rumpelstiltskin, I think it was, uh, was it Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, one of them, or, or was it Big Daddy? I don't know. It was one of Adam Sandler's where he talks to a little kid and somebody says something along the lines of he wants to get drunk and drink some rum. And then he's like, the kid's like, Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah. And he's like, Rumpelstiltskin was a good man. There you go. <laughs> I always think of the best username I've ever seen on the internet. It was Rumpled Foreskin. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So That's if you, awesome. If you're out there, Rumpled Foreskin, and you listen to my bullshit little podcast, thank you. I think the most notable uh, username I can think of forget if it was either Jason or Chad. One of them on Xbox had Masturbating Monk. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, it, and they would always get flagged and they'd have to like make a new one. And it would be like with a one after it or a two. And... Gotta love it. <laughs> uh, the makeup was done by Gabriel Bartalos, who did Darkman, The Giver, Jason Lives, Texas Chainsaw 2, From Beyond, Blade, so that's dope. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell, right, when it comes to the actual leprechaun yeah. makeup. Yeah, well, there's a big concern. difference between makeup effects and special effects. And so okay, I think this true, movie is true. very proficient in the makeup effects for the leprechaun. And then the special effects, blood and those other things, they're really minimal in this movie. Yes. So I don't think it's a pitfall of his. I think it's just the budget of nine hundred grand in L.A. is not that great. That's true. And so the movie was actually originally, and, and Warwick Davis has come out and said this, Mark Jones has said this. Also, if you look at the body of Mark Jones's work, it definitely makes sense that this was intended to be a children's movie, and then it was kind of reskinned as a horror film. And obviously, it's supposed to have scary elements, but as we go through the slay by play this week, I really want to kind of point out some points where it's like beating you over the head with expository information. You're like, Jesus Christ. Right, right, right. It definitely makes sense. And it's kind of weird to think about so many, I feel like, kids' movies where you could actually change it into a horror film. I feel like even after the fact, right? Jumanji is super close to a horror film. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if you focus much more on the hunter coming to kill them and everything else becomes kind of superfluous, it's a horror movie. It's basically the most dangerous game. Exactly. That's the whole point of it. I think that it's pervasive in a lot of children's movies. And I think that's one of the things that shows in Hollywood is that people, especially when they're trying to kind of break into the big leagues, will do things that are unique enough but homogenized enough to where you can go, oh, this is a horror movie. Right, right. You can kind of just reskin it just a little bit 
And because it's not as though he went and, you know, severely edited this script, this script still has a dumb man-child and a plucky kid sidekick. It totally came to me. Mr. Nanny. Oh, shit. Such a fucking awful movie. It, okay, Mr. Nanny, that's not the one. That's the one with Hulk. Yeah. So it, but no, so it's Suburban Commando where the old Undertaker's in it, right? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. Uh, Sorry terrible. So Absolutely dude, terrible. It totally came to me and I'm like, okay, when do I interject with the worst movie possible? Okay. So Mr. He, Nanny. Sorry, guys. <laughs> on the topic of Hulk Hogan, one of my favorite memes I've ever discovered, and it was only recently, is somebody put Hulk Hogan's face on uh, Glenn Danzig and it says, oh, no. brother. <laughs> so that's awesome. And we move on. <laughs> Jesus. This is going to be fun to edit with me being written. Ridiculous. So here's some fun trivia. General Mills originally gave their endorsement and said, sure, you can use Lucky Charms. Everybody can use Lucky Charms. It's a free commercial. <laughs> kids will see this little movie and they'll go, I want some Lucky Charms. It's, it's an hour and a half long commercial. Thanks, guys. <laughs> then they saw the movie and they're like, get the fuck out of here. Censor that shit. Take that box of cereal out of here. And it's as if like the box of cereal is some integral part of the plot. It's a throwaway gag. Oh, yeah. But they had to do reshoots and change it to Lucky Clovers. So they changed the last line of the movie, which was originally what became the tagline for the poster. Your luck just ran out. And they changed it to... Um, what was it? Lucky Charms, fuck yourself? Fuck you, Lucky Charms! <laughs> but, like, if the kid had any degree of swagger, he totally could have pulled that off. But he didn't, so it was just annoying. Yeah, definitely. So, another fun thing. You can see Warwick Davis with his wife without his makeup on in the diner scene as an extra. Oh, that's cool. Did you notice that? Yeah, uh, kind of. After it was said, I, I went like, back man. and I looked at it. I was like, hey, that's pretty interesting. I wouldn't even know to look for that. I was a big fan of the show that he did called Life's Too Short. Uh, it's a Ricky Gervais produced show and it's a, like a mockumentary version of his life. Oh, okay. And he's just the biggest piece of shit. And he's a terrible person and it's super funny. And it's one of the few things where I like where a character effectively gets shit on every episode, but it's awesome. Okay. There's a tremendous scene. If you don't watch the show, just watch this one clip on YouTube where it's Liam Neeson doing improv comedy. The funniest thing I've probably ever seen. <laughs> Liam Neeson and improv comedy, those two things do not seem like they go together. And so. they don't. That's the best part is how, how terribly they don't. I like it. Did you know that there was at one point pitched to Tony Todd, the man who you will know who was obviously the Candyman Okay. There was pitched to him a crossover between Leprechaun between and Candyman. Candyman and Leprechaun? Can you believe that? That's a weird combo, right? but I would totally watch it. I would do. <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of it, and I'd probably like it. They're going to make a... I think they're redoing Candyman, are they not? They are. Jordan yeah. Peele. They just announced the guy who's going to be the Candyman himself. His name escapes me. Right, right. Well, don't that's care. cool. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's... I don't know. I like thinking of people who do remakes using unknown actors or people that are just trying to make it big, yeah. right? Because otherwise you're using recycled material for people who already kind of made it. Exactly. Right? I think it's a good vessel because it, 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 it gets you rooting for that actor before the movie even starts a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there was also a comic book crossover planned with Warlock, the 1989 Trimark Pictures property, and it never happened. But that was the other, you know, they say that Avengers Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover in history. I think <laughs> Candyman fighting the Leprechaun while the Warlock watches and beats off is probably better. <laughs> I just imagine a bunch of uh, hands waving around with uh, flowing green magic yeah. floating around. <laughs> Ooh, la la, boo, la ba. 
So, shall we get into nicknames for the week? I think so. Bum, bum, bum. Warwick Davis, as the leprechaun, do you know what his off-screen name is? This is revealed in a 2008 comic book by Blue Water Productions. Mm, go for it. Lubden. What? L-U-B-D-A-N. Lubden. I feel like the na- that's the name of a town somewhere. Yeah, I feel like some guy was like, I'm going to look up Irish names on the internet. Scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll. <laughs> Click. Lubden. All right. I feel like I've totally done that when it comes to like video game character names. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, well, clearly I'm a I'm a warlock. So let me look up warlock names. I'm literally on Google warlock names. <laughs> I now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go on Google and I'm gonna flood with fake names so that the next time you're doing that, you're like warlock names and it's like warcock and you're like, well, I mean, if Google said it, it's gotta be true. <laughs> That's it, man. I mean, I always came up with cool ones. I'm like a zazzle or something. <laughs> nice. You know. Something along the lines. I dig it. Yeah. So did you know that Warwick Davis, obviously, he was Wicked, he's Willow. I was going to say, I called him Willow. That's what I called him in the film. He he was in a very unlucky leprechaun in 1998. So this didn't scorch the earth. He was actually able to do children's movies as a leprechaun again. That's that's crazy. (laughs) I never would have thought that he would work as a leprechaun again, which I think he might have wanted. But anyway... Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Oh yeah, I'll agree with you to call him Willow because Willow is one of the best fucking movies of all oh, time. Absolutely, it, it's I feel like, so weird that it exists. <laughs> I feel like Willow is a movie where, as a horror podcast, we should still cover Willow. You can absolutely. <laughs> if the fucking dragon and the ape creatures on the bridge alone justify yep, it, absolutely. Or like um, the the queen changing. Um, the lady into like uh, and everybody into pigs oh yeah that was like horrifying as a kid and the baby crying with the rain i remember being very distressed by that even as a child uh did you know fun trivia about that that i get to bust out on the show uh george lucas tried to get the rights to do a hobbit movie couldn't get them so then he's like well fuck you i can have tiny people and magic (laughs) so if you look like mad mardigan he's strider like, yeah. they're, they're a very clear... That's crazy. I didn't even think about it. And you know The Good be, Witch is Gandalf. You know what would be the music video for Willow? The Safety Dance. Oh, you're going to dance. That's the second week in a row I get to sing that song. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. Because, because that video is amazing, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Where they're doing the S symbol and prancing. And they're, like, dancing around with a bunch of, uh, you know, small folk doing, with their little fun outfits on. They're, they're, like, part of the fair. There are a lot of parodies of it. Yeah. The Safety Dance. But we can agree, Biodome has the best one. Oh, yeah. Where they're in the dome, and then there's a dwarf behind them. And it's like, how did the dwarf get in there? It's so amazing. Biodome is so bad. It's Uh, such a bad movie. It's so good. I will defend that movie to the end. (laughs) If only because of the John Kennedy assassination references. The part where they're in the tent together, and they're farting. And they're (laughs) smelling each other's farts and guessing what they ate. Like peanut butter with bacon. I smell Cheetos. And peanut butter jelly. <laughs> like, I've been, you know, we talk about me being straight edge and vegan a lot on this show, and I'm sorry, it's probably redundant and annoying, but I will always laugh every single time they try and convince the scientists to let them grow weed. <laughs> it has a great sense of photosynthesis. <laughs> I know you think it illegal, illegal. That's so dumb. I think it's great that that's a Baldwin. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's Steven, right? Yeah. It's one of them. It's definitely one of them. <laughs> so we move on, finally, to Jennifer Aniston as Tori Redding. This is her feature film debut. Okay, I have a few. I have a few for her. Okay. For Tori. Right? Go for Jennifer it. Aniston. Obviously, I feel like she's Rachel, right? Yeah. I From said brunette Rachel, but yeah. Brunette Rachel, right. Okay. Apparently, they wanted her to be blonde, and then the director's like, no. And then uh, she ends up being blonde her remainder of her career. Not Angelina Jolie. 
oh, bitch, you're so similar to me. Okay, wow, we have a couple, like, eerie similarities. I was going to call her uh, Mrs. X Brad Pitt, which is just way darker, because I hate that so much. We're a couple catty bitches. So catty. (laughs) What was another one for you? Pre-surgery. Oh, Jesus. That nose, though? Yeah, it's kind of dick. I know. We should just do Brunette Rachel. I kind of like rhinoplasty. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. That makes me think of the South Park episode. (laughs) We'll call her Rachel, then. That's fair. Okay. We had Ken Oland. We both had the same one. Want to say it on three? One, two, three. Not Not Kevin Kevin Bacon. Bacon. (laughs) So clearly trying to be Kevin Bacon in in Tremors. I'm watching it, and my wife walks in, and she's... My wife. My wife. (laughs) She, She walks in the house, and she's like, oh, is that Kevin Bacon? He always does fun movies like that. Nope, that's not Kevin Bacon. Nope. And it's that hair, man. Oh, yeah. They just tried way too hard with that hair. And, and like, uh, even you know, his like mannerisms and his kind of like blue collar attitude. Another no. another one that uh, actually I can't take credit for. My wife did. Uh, Faken. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. And I was mad because as a vegan, uh, fuck, they call uh, every menu where you see like a vegan VLT, it's always fake. And it's like, just call it what it is. It's fake bullshit. Don't try and be cute. Like I fucking hate it when it's like chick un. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's fucking tofu. That's all it is. Don't be pretentious. Although, I mean, to be fair, tofurkey works. Uh, they right? can go tofurkey themselves. <laughs> I'm not about that shit. Okay. So, n- not Kevin Bacon or Fakin. 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 It's a little easier to say. It rolls yeah. off the tongue a little better. In my notes, I just put uh, NKB. Okay. There we go. So then we go to Mark Holton as Ozzy Jones. This, you'll know, he was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Francis! He was in Gacy, which is the John Wayne Gacy biopic thing. A little darker than Pee-wee. And then he comes back and reprises his role in Leprechaun Returns, where the leprechaun bursts out of his stomach and kills him. Finally! See, because that makes sense, right? Because we're skipping ahead, like we always do. Of course. But We should change the name from slashers to spoilers, I think. Right. (laughs) This is Spoilers, a horror movie. (laughs) This is Spoilers. Damn it. Slashers. Sorry, guys. Fuck. Yeah, he should have died. Yeah, absolutely. And the kid should die. The kid needs to die. On principle alone, the The kid kid should die. fucking annoying. Such a dick. Robert High Gorman, whose name should be Robert Hyman. (laughs) Haha, because he's (laughs) a vagina face bitch titty kid. Yeah, from the first line where he says... Oh, we didn't do... uh, Sorry, go ahead. We didn't do uh, Francis, though. Okay. So from the first line where uh, he said I, something about I need a beer, I'm yeah. like, fuck this kid. Annoying. <laughs> Contrived little shit. Okay, so are we doing Francis? Are we doing Gacy? What are we doing with them? Pogo. Pogo the Clown was Gacy's name. That's right. That's way dark. super dark. Thank I like you very it. much. I was like, Pogo as in the guy that got Pogo did again? Yeah, did that? There's no. a guy okay. that's, that does come up in the movie. Then we have Alex Murphy, who's played by Robert Hyman Face. Funny enough, he plays Alex in your favorite awful movie, Mr. Nanny. This kid plays Alex Mason Jr. <laughs> so I feel like we call him Nanny Cam. <laughs> Nanny Cam. That's a dumb name. Strange and kinky and weird to correlate to a little kid. Not about but, it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> don't, don't tell mom the babysitter said. Can we just call this kid uh, fetal alcohol syndrome and move on? <laughs> oh, no. He says he wants beer. He's that's underage. Right. I and like I wish it. he was dead. It's that's, all there. That's good. I like it. Then we go to the... De- I'm not going to give these other fucking people names. They're very minor, yeah. right? I mean, what do we call the father, right? Uh, John Sanderford as J.D. Redding. Uh, <sighs> one scene? I don't know. Oh, we'll call him um, um, Rabies. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to say, bit in the hand. Uh, yeah, rabies. Keep them overnight for uh, updates. Or what'd they say? They said uh, something stupid along the lines. Yeah, we're, we're going to keep him overnight just to monitor his, uh, his readings, this or that. It's like, dude, you got bit in the hand. Get some stitches, man the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. All right, we go to the... Uh, rather than doing the recapitation of this film, because there isn't enough plot to fill a fucking thimble in this thing, I'm going to do a series recapitation before you take over this lay-by-play. Is that okay? Yeah, man. So the first one. O'Grady steals the gold, traps a leprechaun. People move in, leprechaun tries to get his gold back. Simple enough. Second one. Leprechaun in L.A. trying to make a woman marry him. If he can make a lady sneeze three times without being blessed, he can marry her. Third one. <laughs> leprechaun in Vegas. Again, the gold thing. Leprechaun 4 in space. Tries to make an alien princess his bride. Leprechaun 5 in the hood. Ice-T finds a flute that grants magic talent. And 6. <laughs> back to the hood. Woman finds gold. Divides it amongst her friends. He goes to get it back. Boom. Six movies with very similar plots. Out of all of those... Ice tea playing a flute just sounds so absurd. Oh yeah, right. Well, it like makes them rhyme better because if you notice, oh no, he kind of in this movie less, but in every movie that follows, you know, the Leprechaun Lubden, he rhymes a lot more, and it's silly. <laughs> but I, I've wanted to watch that movie with my wife for the last four years, and she's never had any interest. She agreed to do a Leprechaun review with me as a bonus episode for St. Patty's Day. Oh, that's fun. And one of our fans is like, oh, you should do Leprechaun in space. And she's like, in space? <laughs> and now we're doing Leprechaun in space. Her ears just perked. I like it. Yeah, she's a sci-fi kid. So, Brian, it's up to you. Do the sleigh-by-play this week. I'm going to put my feet up and just... No, you're not. I'm not nope, autopilot. Absolutely not. Nope. <sighs> do not let this rest on my uh, shoulders because I will fuck this up grandly. On your head and shoulders? <laughs> So, well, basically, the way Slay by Play starts is we're going to have the Leprechaun who is, I want to say, back in the day, right, where he's in a castle of some sort. They don't say what castle he's exactly at. It's just some castle. And he's walking down the stairs and he's saying something along the lines of the gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Me gold, I love me gold. I like that the first magic you get. It's very subtle. It's just, it's just the door shutting, closing. Just shutting the door. But I, I thought it was fun. It establishes his power, and then it, it's it seems so innocent, but there's also a degree of menace just in the nature of his face and everything. So, do you ever wonder yourself where the gold is, like on his persons? Is it just like an invisible like bag that he just carries around? I go back to this well a lot on this show, but he's keistering it. Oh, no. Up his poop shoot. Dude, was it a prison pocket? There you go. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Okay, moving on. (laughs) It goes from him, you know, singing about the gold, the end of the rainbow, to present day, Mm -hmm. where it all of a sudden shows some sweet-ass limousine, right? And this is like a stretch limousine, right, back in the day when it had like maybe three windows per side and you're like oh shit big spender watch out yeah and no jacuzzi or laser light show (laughs) exhibit wasn't there being like yo doug i heard you like a limo so i put a limo in your limo so you can limo while your limo (laughs) those shows are so dumb i feel like the worst one was when he was helping a mechanic with a car and he's like so while you're working on your car i'm gonna put a tv monitor underneath your car so you can watch tv while you're working on your car yeah, it's pretty bad. I think it, the worst one's when they put a fireplace in the back of someone's car. Oh, no. Which is, is a that, fire hazard. How is that even legal? <laughs> I don't think it is. First they all time. just got like extremely stoned and just was like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. For sure. So I want to say they have, is it O'Grady? 
I feel like Dan O'Grady. Okay. So they have Dan O'Grady getting outside of the limo, and I want to say he's swigging on some Jameson. Jameson He looks a lot like some Jameson. I don't know if it specifically was Jameson. Oh, it really does. Okay. Wow. They got some uh, some good rights for that. Do you want to hear how impressive I am? So I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life, but I, I know that you can make a hot toddy with that. How do I know that? Because you just had one. Otherwise, I would never have known that trivia. That is true. I did have a hot toddy earlier, and it was amazing. And I'm using that as an excuse for any fuck-ups I do in this broadcast. So. <laughs> you do a great so far. I feel like it's lubrication for the tongue. Wow. I like it. Okay. He finishes the bottle, throws it like he doesn't give two shits. He's no. like, whatever, bitch. Littering's cool. Whatever. I'm fucking rich. I got these gold coins. He's loot and plunder from Captain Planet. <laughs> Wow. He's wearing a fancy suit, doesn't give a shit about the environment. That's it. Then, uh, so he walks up to his wife, right? I assume it's his wife. Yeah. I feel like, okay, yeah. It seems like, almost seemed like it was kind of like a nanny of some sort, but I'm like, eh, they're a little too close. It's weird because because of the disparity in their class at this point, you're like, why are, how are they? Right, know? right. But she, so, you know, then when she opens her mouth, she's like, oh, Grady, how'd you get this money? Yeah. He's like, shut the fuck up. Don't ask fucking questions. <laughs> oh, good old Irish stereotypes. Gah. Oh, so fun. <laughs> Alcohol with potatoes, you don't say. Can we talk about how all of the Irish stereotypes just make me look like the biggest bitch? It's like, oh, yeah, you got corned beef hash. Don't eat it. You got alcohol? Don't drink it. You got money? Ain't got none. So I'm just sitting there with a tricolored flag crying. Uh, is uh, Alicia of Connor? Connor Maybe? McGregor? What the fuck? That little bitch got smeared across the canvas for five rounds by a Russian. Okay, okay. Or I should say, smish. So then she she talks about something along the lines of you have your wife's, or your wife, I'm sorry, your mother's, you have your mother's urns, your mother's ashes, right? And he's like, bitch, these aren't ashes. And he just like breaks them. Well, because they're Catholic. So the idea being he shouldn't have cremated her, he was supposed to bury her. But so he comes home with his urn and she's like, wait, like you can't have fucked this up. He's like, I didn't fuck this up. I just smuggled in Irish gold, bitch. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty sweet, right? He just busts out this sweet bag that apparently he grabbed from uh, Lebden's keister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull a little proctologist and had a little leprechaun grab his ankles and put the glove. <laughs> so then we have him going inside, right? And he's talking to his wife some more about, you know, his trip and how he... Does, does he explain how he tricked... The leprechaun does he he doesn't no even idea. mention it. Yeah, it's very weird. It's just that it just happens. And she's just like, "Well, okay, I'm not going to ask questions because we're rich, right?" Yeah. And then he kind of goes off somewhere, and then that's when she hears Lebden. I feel like I shouldn't call him Lebden. Just call him Willow. Willow. Okay. She. We hear Willow portraying a little boy, and it's super weird because you don't think it's a little boy, or you don't think it's Willow at first in like a suitcase. You yeah, think it's, it's you think it's like some little boy or something, right? Yeah, because it's off, like it's off, it's off, it's off screen, right? Yeah. And you're like, what is this weird little boy doing, singing a song, and saying like, please let me out? This is weird. And then well, also, first he sings, Mary had a little lamb, and then he's like, I'm gonna suffocate. It's very weird why his primary concern would be doing rhymes before then trying to save himself. How did Dan capture him in the suitcase? No idea. That's something that I well, thought of. He does have. He has a four leaf clover, but maybe maybe it was like the four leaf clover was in the suitcase, like or something. I don't know, right? I think he's holding it though, 
It's it's very weird. The rules don't make sense in this at all. It's right, very because Bugs he, Bunny. he kept he kept the four leaf clover on the crate that kept the leprechaun in the crate. And then it was later on they're like, oh, I, the leprechaun. Or he says in the nursing home, yeah, the four leaf clover has to touch the leprechaun's skin for it to kill him, and it doesn't kill him. Hence the five sequels. So I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> None of it makes sense. And, you right. know, at one point you got him doing the Scooby-Doo routine where he goes in one cabinet and comes out the other. So if you could teleport, why can't you get out of this box? Right. I and mean, there's so right. many things where I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah, it was a little strange. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, it's it's our first uh, kind of big spot of him interacting with other characters other than himself, so basically. So she, she opens the suitcase and you see the eyes. And I was like, oh, it's so good. It's yeah. perfect. Were they green? I think they were yellow. Were they yellow? Okay. I don't know. I might be wrong. Oh, anyways. So she you opens can up. tell everybody <laughs> this is your song. That's my Elton John because I can't remember if his eyes are yellow or blue. All right. So then. <laughs> You're like, fuck off. Stop singing, Jake. Every no, episode no, it's, it's, and you can't <laughs> sing. It's fine. It's fine. So then we have her basically. Is is she running down into the basement or she, how does she get to the stairs? She backs up away from him as he's like pursuing her and he's saying he wants his gold and she just tumbles back. And she just tumbles backwards. Okay. So it's a first kill of the movie and it's of a girl falling backwards down the stairs. Yeah. Actually, the wife who was watching with me, the, the first, she said like, that's the, the first death. That's fast. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it kind of is. It is super quick in the movie, but at the same time, I feel like for first death, I was also very underwhelmed. Tumbling down the stairs ain't shit. Yeah, I don't know. If Reagan can walk down the stairs backwards in a crab walk, this bitch can... <laughs> <laughs> she got brittle bone disorder. Right, right. Osteoporosis. So, why don't you take it from here? So then O'Grady comes down and he's like, Ah, oh, me wife. The leprechaun pulls the killer clowns from outer space, and she does the ventriloquist joke, with, or he does it, with the wife, and makes her talk, and he's like, he throws his voice into her, and uh, he's like, oh yeah, give him this fucking gold, and he's like, I'm not giving you shit, motherfucker, <laughs> get him that box. So he uses the four-leaf clover, backs him up, and... Doesn't he, doesn't he go to the dresser and grab his gun? He's oh like, yeah, I'm he, gonna get he this shoots bitch. him a bunch of times, it doesn't mean anything. At one point, he says it's only gonna slow him down, so he picks up this poor little man and throws him into a box, <laughs> and then... The leprechaun's just sitting there talking mad shit. Like, don't have a stroke. Don't have, like, how's your heart doing? And then, sure as shit. Throwing those thought, digs. Yeah, I thought that he was he was dead at the beginning. I completely forgot that he even comes back in the movie. But just before he's about to set the fire to kill the leprechaun, or try and kill the leprechaun, because we don't even know what would kill him, hypothetically, he has his stroke and falls down, and the match whiffs out. That's fun. I like that. I kind of wish that he died. But whatever. Yeah, then I mean, you can't go back to the nursing home. So it seems like it would make sense that he died, yeah. right? It's just something where the owners die, and that kind of goes into the next section where maybe the house becomes available. Because if Dan is still alive, wouldn't technically the house still be under his name? But they might have sold it to pay for him being in the oh, home. Oh, that's true. But the thing is, that's what kind of that's another indicator. That this used to be a kids movie because somebody like they just didn't just die. Right. They just had to like add this in and, and also see where it goes. The budget. I mean, think about how easy it is to shoot inside of the hallways of some place. That whole sequence with a couple stupid gels and some Dutch angles, and suddenly you have this hallucinatory acid trip, which is... At, well, but at the same time, thinking of budget, let's just kill the dude and not even worry about him anymore. But then where do you set it for the rest of it? That's the only thing. Mm. I mean, this way, you can at least leave the house for some point in time. Because really, you have the three settings. Or I guess four, because you have the collection shop. It's the house, the diner, the hospital... Uh, I guess which the woods, uh, maybe, yeah, but, but woods don't count. Remember, True. no permits. True. 
But whatever, we'll move on. A more expository dialogue from Willow when he says that, you know, I traded my soul for gold, Dan traded his life, he curses him, and then, you know, that's where we fade to black and then it's 10 years later and you have brunette Rachel being a bitch. Brunette Rachel totally be like, wow, this isn't fucking Hollywood, so where are my... She says something along the lines of where are my pools, where are my pool boys. Yeah. No, she doesn't say that, but yeah, she she's does. totally thinking it. I want to get gangbanged by 17 <laughs> pool boys. And she sees like these painters and she's like, hello, boys. <laughs> Three at once. <laughs> Whoa. Hot dog. Poor little Alex doesn't know what he's in for. A world of hurt. <laughs> Yep. So she judges the house and she's really shitty about it. And her dad's like, hey, I bought this house. I got a really good deal. And you know, the dad kind of has this like sense of sadness about him where like I, I think I added a backstory to her dad where he's like a recovering alcoholic or just a sad person. It, there's definitely some underlining like sadness there. Yeah. I agree because there's no, is there mention of a mom? No. Like at all? Mm. Right? So I feel like maybe there's like some unmentioned thing where it's like him trying to i don't know maybe the mom is an addict or something she can't maybe the mom's dead something along the lines where he's trying to make it work for him and his daughter yeah right and he's like i'm doing the best i can uh i got us this house it may not be much but it's something we're not living under an uh overpass yeah it's only uh, for the summer and and that's why she's so shitty about it and stop being a bitch basically yeah It's, I don't know. It's it's a very uncomfortable thing, which I think to that extent, I'm grateful that this character's in the movie for all of like 10 minutes. But at the same point, she doesn't... I think it's meant so she has like a redemptive character arc where it's like, ah, she learns the value of friendship right, and love. Right. It doesn't happen. There's no resolution in the movie. The thing... Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. I have issues. So, so they go into the house, right? And there's cobwebs everywhere. And then like immediately you see a tarantula like crawling on the wall. And I... Oh, no, I it's on the crate right next to the the clover super cute yeah i automatically think to myself it's super cliche to see a tarantula crawling on something right and i don't even know if they're like that's their natural habit i guess or like where there are are there tarantulas in north dakota i don't don't know know north dakota i know we have in california yeah we definitely have in california it just seems like it's cliche it is totally right it's one of those things like even in Monster Squad where they have like the rats that are very specifically on the gate. You have these things that are just tropes for kids. Right. Kids equate scary and bad with spiders unless you were me and you're like, ooh, pretty. <laughs> so, yeah, she is down there. She walks. She pulls a Gwen Stefani. Again, I get to make two No Doubt references oh, in two weeks. Oh, shit. I feel like I'm living in Groundhog's Day for Christ's sake. All the same materials coming back. Uh, so she runs out and she's like, me. And she runs into not Kevin Bacon. That's right. He's carrying paint thinner, Yeah, I want to say. Exactly. It seems strange. I mean, I guess if you're stripping paint off of something and then, you know, throwing a new coat, I'm not a huge painter. But when it comes to carrying a giant paint can full of paint thinner around, it just seems a little strange. Put a lid on it. I, I feel walking like, around with exposed paint thinner, you're going to get hallucinations and end I, up stupid like Ozzy. I feel like it would have been a little bit uh, of better kind of hilarity, I guess, if it was paint, right? Oh, if yeah. you bumped into him and there was paint just splattered waka, or something, waka. right? Yeah, yeah for sure. exactly. So it just seems strange that it was specifically paint thinner. Yeah. And she runs into him <laughs> and immediately just starts throwing money at him. Yeah. Like she's like... Here's $5,000. <laughs> that should buy your paint thinner. And he's like... An apology would really do it. And I was like, fuck you. 
Get well, out of so, my face. So what I was thinking is, here's this chick who's like, I want to go back to California where I have all these hot guys around me and I'm throwing money at them. I'm like, damn, what has she been doing? Ballin'. <laughs> she been going to some strip clubs or something? Who knows? Make that money. That's it. But uh, definitely not Kevin Bacon, right? No, because for sure. that hair, though. Yeah, it's the exact same. And he's doing the blue collar job, and he's got the same kind of boots. I mean, the whole thing. How about that purplish pink shirt he's yeah, wearing? Sleeveless. That's, that's sleeveless, right? Ugh. And it looks like he's flexing like, the whole throughout time. the scene. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like the bathroom right over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> So she tries to pay him. He says the shit. He laughs at her because she's afraid of spiders. And then she gets like super girl powder, powder, super girl power. I'm sorry. I I took that she was from L.A. and thought she was on cocaine. And she's like, (laughs) fuck you. Anything you can do, I can do better. And her dad's like, all right. And he comes out with the bag. She's like, you want to leave because you're a pussy. We're going to fucking leave. (laughs) And she's like, I'm no pussy. Fuck boy. Get that shit back in the house and shut the fuck up. I'm going to backhand you in the face again. <laughs> That's why he's so sad looking because he's just a battered man. <laughs> and he's like, yes, yes, dear. Okay. Not the face. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I love this internal dialogue that you have. It just constantly goes. It just goes and goes yeah. and goes. I supplement every movie that we watch. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it would be way funnier if I had an excuse to yell in my garage. <laughs> so they go back into the house, right? And this is when she goes back downstairs and she has like a, a plate full of tea, I think. Or it's like, like a kind of like punch, a... Yeah. Is it is it fruit? Okay. So, you know, tea, fruit punch. Gives a shit? This really made me remember where the leprechaun originally in the beginning makes a comment to Dan saying something along the lines of your wife makes some strong tea or she makes some great tea. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Because she makes some tea, right? And then he kills her, and then he's sitting there, like, on, like, the Lazy Boy or something, and he's, like, drinking tea. No, no, so the husband is going in, and Warwick comes out from the kitchen holding the tray. he's holding the tray. he's throwing her voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that that was pretty fun. That's when he gets the gun, chases him down the stairs, finds the dead wife. Right, right, right. Okay. So she... Goes downstairs, and he, as in not Kevin Bacon, is also down there, right? Yep. And what makes her drop the tea or the punch? Something, was it the spider again? Something happened, right? No, something He throws something and it hits her. I think it's like fabric or oh, something. Oh, no, no. He was up on the rafters, I think. And he, he drops like down. a tarp yeah. or something. And it totally fucking decks her. Yeah. It like hits her really hard. And then he like jumps down like, oh, sorry about it. Sorry, toots. <laughs> Shouldn't have gotten your face in my way. <laughs> I'm going to go flex. And then I love there's a scene where Warwick's in the crate and you see his eyes open up. That was way better than like Giorgio opening his eyes in Castle Freak. I mean, <laughs> it was good because he's so like you see the, his whole body and there's just like a certain degree of menace about it. It's almost like a, like a little doll. Yeah. And then it opens up and it's like, that's oh, fucking terrifying. Because <laughs> right? like, You and I are violent enough gentlemen. If you're a big guy. Unless you're like fucking big show, I'm not afraid of you. But what does freak me out to this day, scuttling small things. Because <laughs> I I don't know how to handle it when it comes to like scurrying around at me. Like, do I kick it? Do I punch it? I get overwhelmed with the options. And like this idea of a little Irishman scuttling around with pinchy hands. <laughs> like, what do I do? Like, I can't put it in a triangle choke. I'm like at a loss. And I don't so- know. You would almost have to choke slam it. 
Hell yeah. Basically like a cane chokeslam. I don't know. Not an Undertaker chokeslam. It would have to be a cane chokeslam. Undertaker I always, ain't shit. I always feel like Kane did a little with a little more authority. With the head whip. I mean, he's, his is the best. Yeah. I like the showstopper, the big shows chokeslam where he like holds them and falls down with them. But Kane's always had so much like velocity and hatred yeah, to him. Yeah. I he mean, we're, menace. we're getting a little off topic, but I really. Fuck it. This movie's boring. Let's talk about Halloween. <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling. Hell yeah. I was talking I really... to one of our fans who has his own podcast and I was like, I would really 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 love to do a bonus episode where we review halloween havoc oh, the wcw man. event he that was like already so did fun. it and i was like not good enough <laughs> it's a competition and we're gonna beat your ass there was an evolution right on undertaker's finishing moves i want to say at one time when he was the american badass right he, last ride bitch. he did the last ride which is like the power bomb right it's yeah, like elevated. the elevated power bomb which i thought was really fucking cool he had the tombstone pile driver he had the hell's gate he had at one point he was doing the uh, tightrope walk and the chop. I think that one. was almost like a like a, a gimmick, not a gimmick, but a, a signature move. Oh, yeah, not sure. not a signature as in like a finishing move. It was just kind of like a signature yeah. move that he just does along the lines. There was also like the leg drop. Right? Sure. He did a leg drop drop also, right? And he he did the flying clothesline. He did the, oh, the top right, rope. Right, right. Almost like the, the flying lariat where he yeah. like rolled after the fact. I actually really like. There's footage of him. Back when he was like Mean Mark something, he was his ginger self and he had cowboy boots on. <laughs> and he, uh, I think it's Mean Mark Callahan, and he would take like three or four steps on the ropes and drop off and do an elbow drop. Oh, that's cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked really it cool. a lot. I like the the thought of uh, seeing somebody like The Undertaker who's just like, fuck, probably almost 300 pounds walking around on the rope. Yeah, it's that fun. It's really cool. And so I didn't know this until recently. Do you know Kane did a second See No Evil movie? No. Yep. I think we should do both of them. That's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. I like the first one. He's a... Mayor. What, is he a mayor? Yeah. I was going to say, did he run for something else too or Yeah, no? he has. I think he ran for like, like governor Senate or, or something? Yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty neat. Yeah. It's one of those, if you can't hit the moon, you'll land amongst the stars. And he's like, I'm not a senator, but I'm a mayor of some bullshit did town. Did he make a Hall of Fame? I don't think so I feel yet. like he should. For sure. Okay. He was campaigning and wrestling. Like Yeah. Yeah, I feel as, you know, anytime I think of either Kane or Undertaker, I always think of Paul Bearer. For sure. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in power. Rest in power. That's right. Super fun. So, okay, going back to the movie now. Okay, we have <laughs> We have not Kevin Bacon. We have Brunette Rachel. They're downstairs, and I want to say something along the lines of what's in the box kind of happens. Not in so many words, right? He's what's like, in the box? It. Yeah, and she's like... Okay, give me the crowbar, pussy boy. I'll no, do she's it. like, she's like, fuck it, I'll open it. What do we need, crowbar? And he just like whips it out. He's like, oh, you mean this bitch? <laughs> she's like, oh. Uh. <laughs> so, so then what they happened? try to, and then there's the sound outside, and it's it's Aussie oh, with the fucking right. kid. Oh right, that's that's when you meet Lenny and George. I think that you've already met them by this point, though. But it's so negligible. Let's just move on. Right. I think the the beer line, and there's the thing with the car. I, I really don't want to focus on the kid. It's super annoying. Like, is that the is would it be called an archetype? Lenny and George. Basically, yeah. they're Lenny and George, right? Yeah. The small, like, one Pugnacious, and then the big dope. Yeah. The big dope, exactly. And, you know, the kid is annoying. I like Ozzy enough. He's fun. The kid's super inconsistent. Tell me, did this bother you? He busts out the slingshot at the end of the movie like he's Zenith the Menace in order to thwart the evil plans of Willow. I mean, he's done it once before in the movie. He does that's use it? it. He, he does. In the very beginning, he shoots Ozzy in the head. Oh, okay. I completely forgot about that. I mean, it's, it's a 
kind of a forgettable thing. So, I mean, does it really That's fair. Matter? There's at least some foreshadowing to it because I was like, wait, so suddenly we trust this kid. You have one four-leaf clover. You got one shot. You're going to trust this dumbass with it? But what? Yeah, okay. So then you, you meet, okay, you say we've met them before. I... Whatever. The paint covered neither dumb dumb. There. Yeah, paint covers him. He kind of goes off on Ozzy being the idiot yeah. that he is. And you kind of feel bad for him, right? For sure. I'm like, dude, if I was Ozzy, man, I would punt the shit out of that little kid. Ozzy's the only good character in this. Like, he's obviously delusional and weird, but like, not Kevin Bacon clearly is engaging in cultural appropriation and trying to get his dick wet. <laughs> Brunette Rachel is just rude. She just and cares this kid about the money. Yeah. Right. And the kid's just. A fucking dickhead. Yeah, kid also cares about the money. I mean, that's why he wants the gold later on. Yeah, he says he wants to get you know Ozzy the surgery, but you know he deludes Ozzy into thinking there even is a surgery, knowing that there isn't one. Right. That's it's it's up. weird. So Ozzy is essentially like the innocence of a child. Yeah. And the child is just a dick. The cynicism. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I was talking earlier, and I I think it wouldn't be fair to say that their minds kind of transferred or switched because then it would be like okay well then we have what would be the correct terminology a mentally challenged kid and then a grown-ass adult but at the same time it's like you would need to have the kid be like a younger age to have ozzy's brain that naive yeah right so okay but yeah that i mean there's not really an explanation for why the kid acts how he is it's just like i guess he's the wisecracking little kid right Mm mm-hmm so Ozzy goes downstairs, he hears twinkle, twinkle, little stars, he descends and he hears the crate and he's thinking, oh God, there's a little kid in this crate, I have to let him out. The voice is begging to be let out. And as he's trying to work around the crate, he brushes off the four-leaf clover, which I love because as it hits the ground, there's this thunderous like boom. Right, like it's the loudest, most heavy uh, four-leaf clover ever. Yeah. And then boom, that crate busts open. Like he's Rey Mysterio in SmackDown Live, <laughs> popping up out of the stage. And what happens then, Brian? So is this where uh, Ozzy basically starts a conversation with the leprechaun, right? Yeah. And he says something along the lines of, where the hell is my gold, bitch? Mm-hmm. Right? And this is where it's like exposition overload. Because the, the little guy's like, oh, I'm a cobbler, so I shine shoes. And I'm a leprechaun, and I want gold. And it's just like, I get it. You don't have to repeat it all. That happened two minutes ago. He says something along the lines of, show me where the gold is or I'll cut your ear off and I'll turn it into a shoe. Yeah. Seems awful strange, like as far as... Threats? Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm going to take your ear and turn it into a shoe. Uh, okay. Whatever. What yeah, about his belly works. fat? <laughs> that's what I would that, say. That's a that's an abundance of shoes. Seriously. Yeah. And there, Then there's a great scene where he's trying to loosen the belly fat skin and he's like, put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> Or should I do it with an Irish accent? Would that make please, better? please. Uh, let's see. Put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> now I feel like we're watching part of The Departed. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs away, and then you get, again, Warwick Davis, because he uses magic to close the door, but then it goes. And he's like, oh, my powers are weak. It's like, yeah. Oh, right. That's so he's self-evident. Right. Like, so he's explaining it to the to the dumb, to the dum-dums. Yeah. Okay. And so Ozzy gets out and he's like, there's a leprechaun, there's a leprechaun. They're like, there's a leprechaun. You just said there was aliens, blah, blah, blah. They go back downstairs and they find a rat. There's a cool little camera angle where it's from Willow's perspective where he's hiding behind something. But other than that, scene's annoying. It's, right. it's in so many things. It's, you know, the kid, well, in this it's an adult, being portrayed as the boy crying wolf who's coming and nobody takes them seriously. 
And, you know, then they get to be proven right later when there actually is a leprechaun. Yeah, absolutely. So then I think it goes to where the not Kevin Bacon and Rachel are talking outside something along the lines of, I hope this paint's uh, biodegradable, right? And they have like these perfect brush strokes on them from painting. Have you ever gotten that messy where you have these perfect rectangular brush strokes on your bronzed arms? Yeah. Fuck absolutely. out of here. Yeah, because, you know, clearly she's from California and we really care about that shit, right? Oh, I've never once thought to myself, I, like, I drive a hybrid vehicle. I'm fucking hoity-toity vegan piece of shit. I've never once asked if paint was biodegradable. And I never will out of spite for this movie. Did you happen to notice uh, what the name of their company is? What, Three Guys Who Paint or something like Three that? Three Guys Painting. Literally, three guys painting. Oh. I feel like there's child labor, blah, blah, child labor laws, and that kid can't be guaranteed to be one of the guys painting. I feel oh like yeah, that's... absolutely. Didn't uh, I feel like the kid even had some kind of stupid wisecrack joke about somebody like somebody not helping them because if they get in, in, a, in an accident, they're not insured. That's funny. I Do you you don't remember that I don't at all? <laughs> Alex and Ozzy, or what, what did we call him, fetal alcohol syndrome and Pogo the Clown, <laughs> chase the rainbow. It, what is it? Taste the rainbow. You know what's weird is the rainbow is, I believe, three colors. It's like red, blue, and green. Laziness. Yeah. That's it. Then they get to a rust-covered car, and they find one doubloon, and then they're sitting there, and then all of a sudden the kid sees all of them appear in the bag behind the car seat and he's like oh well you can have this one because i have a bag of them now that was weird right so many well a couple questions right for sure why why is it the truck did dan hide it there yeah that's what's implied so it's implied dan hid it there i wish there was a reasoning behind it i wish there was something along lines of uh significance to the truck or like there was a clover patch around the truck Right, so that right. Because, left. I mean, it's a cool truck. It's an old, rustic-looking, yeah. you know, rusty bag of bolts. You but... might be a redneck if you hide your doubloons <laughs> in a truck. Sorry. Yeah, but it, there's there's no other significance than that, right? Not that I was aware of. No. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, so then Ozzy's like, oh, you could tell if it's gold if you bite into it. <laughs> and he swallows it like an idiot. I, I thought that was so great. It was so good, right? Because... You know, my thought process is, okay, yes, that totally makes sense. Let's bite it because that's what happens in the movies. And that's what he totally says. He's like, well, this is what they always do in the movies. And then he bites it. And then you're like, how in the fuck did he go from biting it to swallowing it? Like, well, then again, look at him. And then you're like, well, hmm. (laughs) I bet he swallows a lot of things. Wow. (laughs) Three guys painting with sperm (laughs) no why do you let me say things brian my child might hear this one day (laughs) so the kid offers to buy the the operation quote that way people won't make fun of you and he's like people make fun of me he's like not to your face i was like that's just so fucked yeah but anyway yeah the kid has a lot of redeeming qualities such a piece of shit (laughs) it cuts to the house and they're painting, I think it's the shutters are bright, bright red, and the house is blue, and it looks like Picasso fist-fucked SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> it's just terrible. So then Leprechaun... Oh, um, dude, this is so creepy, right? He is, pets her leg. Right, this is where he, like, pets it, but, like, he doesn't just pet her once. It's, like, a couple times. Yeah. Like, she, like, brushes her leg, and then she's just like, oh, Nathan, oh, Fakin, yeah. please stop that. And then he, he, like, brushes her again, she's just like, Nathan... What are you doing down there? All of a sudden, he turns around behind her. You know, she turns around. She's like, what the fuck's going on there? And then that's when, does he scratch her? Yeah. 
Yeah, right. And he disappears off, and then she's like, "Oh, it's, it was a rat. oh, it it's was so a cat, gross. right?" Do oh, they cat, say a yeah. cat? cat? I think they say a cat, and then that's when uh, the dad makes his big uh, second appearance, right? And you're like, "Oh shit, man, maybe you got a little bit of an established uh, thing going on here." And they paid him for two days of work instead right. of just one. <laughs> and, and then and then they go over to this like weird little uh, knot in the tree, like a knot hole. Oh my god! Or something. And, and it's the worst Photoshop ever. Later on, when you see willow's face as he's like ha like, yeah they like superimpose his face so in there bad. and it looks really bad oh yeah. yeah it looks like something that i did on uh microsoft paint yeah totally <laughs> i'm just gonna cut this image here <laughs> it looks so good <laughs> cut it and paste it here nobody will ever know that it's not my abs so did he was he faking like cat sounds i forget yeah he was okay and it's weird because like just leave the fucking cat alone yeah, clearly. Oh, no, the... but I think they want the cat to see if it has rabies. That's what it is. Because mm-hmm. you'd have to cat uh, to find out. And so he gets bitten. And again, I guess they don't ever get the cat. I feel like it's more imperative if it breaks the skin with the mouth to check if it has rabies. But then they go to the hospital. I don't know about you, but I, could f- I feel like if a cat bit me, it would have to be a big fucking cat for it to leave that kind of a wound, yeah. right? Because that was a massive, like, gouge in his hand. For sure. Right? Then we established that the truck doesn't work because of what was it the resistor Dist- cap distributor distributor cap, distributor cap. Yep. right. So the and kid goes outside. It's funny because uh, I don't know much about cars. I don't pretend to four wheels know go about, room. Yeah, I don't pretend to know a lot about that shit. Don't want but, to. But uh, when it comes to uh, distributor cap, apparently the kid just pops the hood, uh, rattles around a few things, and then he's like, "Okay, try it again." Okay, good. Oh, we're good. Perfectly. <laughs> it gives kids a false sense of bravado. Right. I can just imagine some fucking kid in overalls in the 90s being like, hold on, dad, I got this. And he like slaps the engine. He's like, try it again. Not happening. Not happening. So they're, they leave, right? They leave to go to the ER. The, the ER, right. And it's funny. They're all cramped into this truck when clearly there is a red Jeep that there was nothing going on, right? Like he can't As, drive because he has a bite. Well, not only that, but I mean, I feel like uh, Rachel, brunette Rachel, could have driven the Jeep. And also, if she's so concerned about everything and being hoity-toity, shouldn't she want a kid to have a fucking seatbelt? Get in the yeah, Jeep. Yeah, no shit, no shit. So that so was. Then, uh, then Willow chases after them in oh, his dude, tricycle. Oh, dude, so good. That so was like awesome. one of the funniest parts of the movie. I think just seeing him. <laughs> in all power of his through. Vehicles. And it's funny because they they like fast forward it oh, right. Yeah. And they just so show- <laughs> terribly. You could see all the dust behind him is moving as if it's in a typhoon. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. So they get to the... I want to say they don't show them in the hospital, right? Is this where the kid... They're like leaving it, yeah. Alex and Ozzy kind of go off, right, to the collector. Yep. Right? And that's when they talk to the collector and he says something along the lines of, I think it's worth $500. Yep. And uh, maybe more, depending on the historical evidence or this it or that. It could priceless. be could be priceless, yeah. right? And you see the kid's eyes just like totally like light up. So then the kid obviously has his little wisecracks where he's like, "Hmm, well, let's just keep this between you and me, right?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "No." <laughs> I don't know. It's such a pre-internet age because he pulls out a book and starts comparing a coin to a book. He doesn't do any Google searching or anything like that. No. Uh, and as he goes to put the coin in his safe overnight. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Our good friend Willow shows up and starts talking his jive and then ends up murdering this guy so, with a pogo stick. So I want to say he goes over to, he literally walks over to the guy's leg and takes a chunk oh, yeah. out of his leg, right? Super so it's gnarly. like a cannibalistic leprechaun. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, 
I'd much rather go for a cannibalistic leprechaun than, I don't know, other things that he maybe did to kill people. But again, that's just me. I feel like it's a lot more gruesome because his teeth are so... Right. And even like much further down with not Kevin Bacon, he's like biting at his leg. Is he not? I want yeah, to say... He, well, no, it's the bear trap. But he's. I think he also tries he to bite He tries to, like, bite his leg, yeah. right? Yeah. I so. think he even talks about being hungry because when he, later on he ends up eating the Lucky Charms and everything. So, so I, I feel like this is probably the slay of the game. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Without question. Yeah. If it, Ozzy would have died anyway, it would have been him. But this is great with the pogo stick because it's just so, it's so weird. Abs- it's so absurd, Yeah. right? And it makes sense... In that it's coming from a leprechaun. Whereas I feel like, and I'm, I'm not trying to harp on the film at all, but as one of the downfalls I think is they should have been a little more creative on the way that people died. Yeah, for sure. Right? So, Or um, make it just visceral. Like if it's just the primal zombie kind of devouring people, that's cool in its own right. But if he's going to be half Freddy Krueger and half zombie, it doesn't work. You kind right. of have to stay in one lane. Exactly. exactly. But it really made me want to see either Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers try the pogo stick technique because <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, they have their own in their own right. Like when it comes to somebody sleeping in a sleeping bag. Yeah. Right. And using him as a fucking swinging pinata. Which if anybody ever wants to argue that Jason X isn't a piece of art. It's the scene in the holodeck. It's the perfect... Oh, God damn it. I love it so much. So, basically, he has a guy laying on the ground with his leg bleeding profusely. And then he gouges his face, too. Does he gouge his face? See, I didn't see that. All I saw was the leg and then him on the ground. And then he jumps on on his chest and it just shows the cheap graphic of, like, the pogo going up and down. And it's, it's... I say it's cheap, but it's actually really clever it's and fun. like the way you think about it. Um, just completely pummeling the dude. Does he penetrate? <laughs> eh, no, not that. I don't, I don't feel like it ever does. Right? I think it's that just there's almost... blood, but there's no penetration outright. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, hopefully that's not what she said. Please, yeah. Unless but yeah, she was consenting. Right, right. We're all about consent here. When it comes to the guy's face, I see, I saw the blood and it almost looked like he was getting beat up in the face from the pogo stick in the chest. That's it, what I saw. It looked like he had the gouge marks that the cop gets later around oh, like the kind that, of peripheral. That totally makes sense. So, yep, he is dead. And this is where it kind of it gets a little bit redundant. It keeps cutting back to brunette Rachel and not Kevin Bacon in the diner. And they keep wondering where Alex and Ozzy are. And it goes over and over again. And then you end up with... Does this... Does this cut, It cuts back and forth between the diner. And then does it go back to the, the collector where he sees the fucking pedal car? Exactly. <laughs> okay. that's, a, that's where I was going. Because then he, he he's riding in the pedal car and he's speeding. <laughs> and the cop pulls him over. And I was like, God damn it it's it was a super super cheesy line where he's like aren't you a little young to be uh out at night and he says something like well i'm 600 years old or something like that yeah right (laughs) yeah so it's funny because i want to say the cop is eating donuts is he not eating donuts okay i feel like the cop's eating donuts before he speeds by I don't remember, but I I, we i realize we forgot two things and i'm looking at my notes and i have to stop us rut row when Ozzy looks at the rainbow, he says, it's a magic rainbow. Oh, no. Which I was like, God damn it, that's <laughs> hilarious. And then there's the whole thing when her leg is getting pet. And she's like, I think I know what a man petting my leg feels like. And they're like, what? And he's like, would you let me? I hated that so much. Moving on. 
Uh, so the the cop pulls him over and says something along the lines of, aren't you a little uh, yeah. young to be out there? Claws him in the face. Right. That's what happens. He claws him in the face. From there, you have the cop running. <laughs> I don't know. Just like running. In, why, why wouldn't you go back to the car? I don't know. Seems a little strange. Doesn't make sense. Never pulls his gun, but it's on his belt. I was really expecting the leprechaun to do a, um, didn't the a leprechaun, cowardly did, lion. Didn't the leprechaun take the gun? I thought you took the gun. Oh, I don't remember him taking oh. the gun. Uh, anyways. But um, uh, then there's the whole scene where he's teleporting from you know tree to tree, throwing himself. I mean, this is all very basic editing. Weirdly enough, the cop takes out his nightstick and then just throws it into the woods, <laughs> which like, later the leprechaun has. It's like, did the leprechaun go and pick up this nightstick for no reason at all? It's funny because he just throws it in some random direction where there's... I don't even think the leprechaun was anywhere near that. Yeah. He was just like, well, hopefully I'm just going to you know, pray this hits you. So. And so then the cop's running away and he ends up resting up against a tree and he's breathing very heavily. And there's this nice shot with the warm breath being silhouetted by the backlighting, which I thought was pretty cool. And then we have... You have uh, his legs, right? Drop down <laughs> like he's playing fucking chicken. Yeah. With, uh, with the cop, right? Well, it's like Sonya Blade from the oh, Mortal Kombat movie. Nice. Where Kato's like... Oh, come on, love, give us a break. And she's like, crap. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what this is. Right, right. And this is another instance where I really wish they would have gone a little more creative than this. That was so but, bland, yeah. Eh, it's whatever. It's a, like a side piece, right? It's like this, uh, I need to get from point A to point B, and here's this uh, distraction, so I'm just going to quickly kill you and uh, move on. Get it so. on over with. And, you know, it's fine. He does use the cop later on in kind of a T-1000 way, which I'm okay oh, with. Oh, yeah, that's true. I completely forgot about that. So the gang returns to the house after five. Oh, yeah. There's a big thing where brunette Rachel ends up establishing that she's been a vegetarian. And she's like, oh, it's a cut-up dead animal. And then he takes off her shoe and he's like, this is a cut-up dead animal. And I was like, okay, fuck you both then. Oh, yeah. And this is, I feel like, another instance where uh, not Kevin Bacon, Fakin is kind of a douche, yeah. right? Where he says something along the lines of, uh, you look a little skinny, so why don't you eat some more food? Yeah. Do you remember that? I do, And totally. she's just like, well, I'm not eating that shit. He's like, well, it's meatloaf. Eat some meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, there's so many arguments both ways. It's just, it's annoying. They aren't endearing to me at all. There's dialogue like when Harry met Sally, where they're like kind of capricious and kind of egging each other on, which is cute. And then there's stuff like this where I'm like, just leave each other alone. Yeah. You have no yeah. obligation to you, each other you at all. You sit here, you sit here and yeah. stop talking to each other. Exactly. You It'll look that direction. You look that direction. <laughs> Children, please. Seriously. So, they come back to the house. I don't know why the boys are even with her, I guess, to keep her safe because her dad's in the hospital. But why is she leaving her dad in the hospital if he's really in such bad a shape? But whatever. So they go back to the house. But in between them at the diner, the leprechaun is looking for the coins, right? Correct. So he goes back to the house. That's the Lucky Clover scene. That's when he sees the Lucky Clover. And that's when, okay. So they, in between them coming back from the hospital or the diner and going back to the house... You know, the leprechaun basically wreaks havoc. Willow's trying to find his his lucky coins. And, and so he destroys the house, but then he shines all the shoes, which is kind of a funny little right, thing. Right, yeah. that's true. He sees, like, all these all these shoes. So he, like, clearly picks them up on the table, and he's just, like, going to town, right? Yeah, so when they get home, there's all this disarray, but then, you know, they're, the, all the shoes are very neatly arranged on the kitchen table, and they know that something weird has happened. And still, they're not willing to acknowledge that anything supernatural has happened. Right, I want to say uh, Not Kevin Bacon says something along the lines of, uh, maybe it was a bear. 
I'm like, you're a fucking moron. (laughs) I think he does, yeah. And so then there's a very weird thing where... They start... Well, they start cleaning, right? They want to start cleaning the house. And uh, I want to say this is another part where not Kevin Bacon is a complete douche. He hands her the the broom and he's like, I assume you know how to use this. And then she gets frustrated and she's like, I'm going to leave. And she leaves and then she's like, it's too dark and comes back. So again, she's like coming with her tail tucked between her legs. And when I'm looking at the moon outside, it's super bright. So it's like, it's not that dark out there. They should have used a better excuse than that. So then it's Alex and it's Ozzy and they're sitting there and they're talking about how they're going to shoot the leprechaun in the face with a gun. And Ozzy has been playing with this, you know, tricycle bell, very similar to the sound that the leprechaun was making. And so brunette Rachel gets super annoyed and she's like, well, you stop with the fucking bell. And they both like pan over and look at the bell that's sitting, you know, disembodied. Right, right. And so that's the big cue that he's there. And then is this where, this isn't where he pops out of the fridge, is it? I think no, it that's, is. that's actually later. Is that later? And it's where they come back to the house. See, it's this needless coming and going thing. It's kind of tedious. It's what almost like the end of Castle Freak when they leave the place and they come back inside. Right, just... right. What happens to where, so how does he appear to not Kevin Bacon? Like as far as like showing himself. Is it when they're outside? And he gets attacked. No. He gets bear bear trap. But I feel like it's, is it the bear trap before the shooting of the shotgun in the house? No, I think that happens later. So so it happens after. So what happens to where they actually see the leprechaun for the first time? They go outside and he takes the gun and he's going to do the perimeter search. It's only after he's in the bear trap that he shoots the gun and sees the leprechaun and it's the validation. And then when he shoots him, there's the bright green blood and he falls right, down. Right, right. And that's when he falls into the bushes. Correct. Right. And then he just unloads in all of his ammo into this bush without seeing the target, yeah, which, which is I, terrible. Yeah, I thought about that too. I was like, what an idiot, dude. You're wasting all of your ammo unless you have like the unlimited ammo cheat. Like, what are you doing, dude? And as a guy who's a big proponent of firearm safety, you never shoot if you don't know what the surface is. Done deal. For your safety, for the safety of others, if you don't see what it is, you do not fire your weapon into it. Because for all he knows, he ends up hitting some piece of metal and you have buckshot flying back and hitting himself in the... F- it's... Uh, yep. I fucking hate that stuff. brunette Rachel's dead. Dead. And then what? Then he has to go back to fucking Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that got dark. I, I went from fetal alcohol syndrome to child. <laughs> Who knows? It's, it might be consensual. Maybe instead of the three men painting, it should be the Nambla Painting Association. Okay. So from him needlessly wasting all of his bullets, apparently he reloads because he unloads a fuck ton of bullets oh. in, inside the house, right? And this is the house that they're clearly trying to like fix up yeah. and renovate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And while, while this is happening, Ozzy's calling the police. And the cops are like, what is it this time, Ozzy? He's like, it's a fucking leprechaun. It's it, going to kill us all. That's funny. Totally, Everybody see leprechaun say, yeah. It totally reminds me of uh, the Goonies when uh, yeah. Chunk calls the cops and they're like, okay, Lawrence, what uh, what do you got What do you got first this yeah. time? Or Killer Cons from Outer Space, same kind of thing where you're yeah. like, oh, we don't believe you, which is why like this, like I think at the time the movie was fine, but having seen as many movies as we have, we're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so the the good payoff, though, unlike a lot of those movies have, is when Brunette Rachel's like, oh, yeah, let's call you an ambulance. And Ozzy's like, no, nah, I already did that. I called the ambulance. I want them to send the ambulance and the Navy and everything. And she goes, 
Oz, you didn't tell them that it was a leprechaun, did you? He was like, oh, yep, I did. <laughs> and then they pan, don't they pan to the the, the sheriff station, right? Oh, yeah, I, I didn't catch I didn't catch what he said, but he said something along the lines of like, you know, Ozzy's a big dope. Yeah, what something. is it this time? Because apparently like last week it was flying saucers or something like that. <laughs> so he, he plays the fun little, uh, here I am behind door number one and <laughs> door number two, right? I think that's even later. I think they go back to the really? house. Yeah, because I think they go oh my straight. God. They try to they try to go straight to the ER. The kid does the distributor cap thing, uh, and then this is what I mean. The movie's like needlessly back and forth, and I think it's just so there's something to do. I think this movie could have been like an episode of Goosebumps or uh, it literally could have, yeah, it could have been like a 35 minute. <laughs> episode well if you look at the stuff the other the guy wrote it's all fucking episodes of elf this movie has as much plot as one episode (laughs) of elf buddy agreed agreed so jesus they try and they go to the thing and then the kid does the distributor cap and then the leprechauns inside the edge and then he breaks through the windshield and then they use a cigarette lighter they burn the leprechaun's face i wish they would have stayed like the, the burn i mean something uh that like sticks right the the burn on the nose it would have been really funny if it was just like a flat mark on his nose right especially like he you don't know what can kill him it's not like you know in monster squad again i'll go back to my favorite movie of all time wait i didn't know what was your favorite movie shut the fuck up brian i'm trying to make a fucking point here fuck you're disorienting my brain (laughs) go on so the big payoff with the werewolf is how do you kill a werewolf there's one way to kill a werewolf it's with a silver bullet you, you know, throw them out of a window onto a bomb, old age, whatever. In this, they specifically, there's no rule. So he gets shot a bunch of times. How long does the wound stay? How does he heal? The thing is, like, give me something. Because if he's just a force of nature, well, then why don't they just give up? Yeah, At there's the, no there's no killing him. Exactly. So you might as well just be like, fuck, kill Ozzy and save us. <laughs> Which is what I feel like they should have done. I think so. <laughs> but whatever. Moving on. I think I also say that, but if I had a really dumb friend, I'd probably want him to live too. Right. So they can't get the truck to start. So that's when they go back into the house. Exactly. Right? Okay. So which is needless, but whatever. It, it, I guess it gives some kind of payoff, and I guess there is some kind of callback. Like you know, the kid had done the distributor cap before. He tries to do it again, and there's a leprechaun. That makes sense. Which you know, I think was a good enough jump scare. I think it got the wife. So that's kind of fun. So he starts blasting up the house. Yeah. The kid tells everybody that the gold is in the water bucket in the well that's when they give rachel the shotgun she cocks the shotgun for no fucking reason she hasn't fired anything so she doesn't need to discharge a shell that kind of stuff drives me absolutely up the wall is this okay so i feel like i'm jumping back and forth i'm sorry yeah dude it's is fine. this is this where after this is when he gives the shotgun to brunette rachel this is after he shoots up the the cupboards or is this before he shoots up the cupboards, oh, right? Jesus Christ. Because he sh- clearly shoots up the kitchen, right? I'm not making that up. Yeah, I think that happens. I think that, that does happens, happen. Right? And then they go through the hallway and he starts like riding a skateboard back and forth. Yep, exactly. Like it's a shooting gallery. Exactly. exactly. And then after the fact, that's when they say, okay, well, he keeps asking for his coins. Where the fuck are his coins? And then the kid's like, oh, okay. I hid the coins in the well. They finally right? admit it, yeah. And so she gives the leprechaun the coins and he's like, all right. Pleasure doing business. Will you fuck off, guys? And then there's a great shot where he's just sitting on a you know a little hill. He's, he's so, like he's 99, so happy. And then he gets super mad. And I was like, that's that's fun because then you realize, oh shit, Ozzy ate one. We don't have it. Yeah, and it's funny because when I was watching that, I clearly forgot that Ozzy had eaten one like an idiot. And I'm like, well, okay, that totally makes sense. Ozzy's got to die. That's what I thought. 
Uh, thought it was great. He's the tragic because he's the Christ figure. He's innocent. He's done nothing wrong. He's all he's wanted to do is help others, and he just the fact that he lives is disappointing. So then, oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention the scene where he comes up out of the floor of the kitchen and gets shot again. I really liked the, the shot of him coming up out of the floor. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. And then I think it follows by the super cheesy part where the hand uh, goes through. The telephone? Oh, yeah. I, I saw online somebody's like, this is an homage to Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, bitch, that's an homage to Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, that didn't age well. <laughs> Good old Bill Cosby. So, so then they end up, they go off in the Jeep. <laughs> the leprechaun's using roller skates and crashes through a fence. Where do you get roller skates? No idea. They're not roller skates. They're roller blades. Whatever. They're something. Hey, I don't know, man. I just got to say, there's a difference between roller blades and roller skates. As a guy who used to play inline hockey, I will agree with you. But also, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I want to get this episode over with. Well, then. So, he crashes through the fence, and there's a cartoon cutout, which I thought was actually very delightful. Yes, and absolutely. And then he, they get to the place where O'Grady is, because they're like, ah, oh, he's the, the magic soothsayer who's going to tell us how to kill the thing. And, of course, the security guard's asleep. There's a lot of parallels between this and Castle Freak now that I'm thinking about it. I feel like I would be a great security guard because I can sleep the fuck out of anywhere. Then there's the great expository clipboard where it's like, room numbers. Oh, here's what I need. Thank you for labeling it as such. So she's going and there's, like I mentioned, there's the kind of weird gel colors and the lights and she's walking and there's the weird camera angles. She sees the shadow of what would be the leprechaun on the wall, but then she looks. like a broom and. A glove, yeah. Yeah, something. Classic fake out. Uh, she gets there, and it was so obvious. This one's such a painful one where it's this, you know, you see the back of what you think is O'Grady in a wheelchair, and she asks, how do we kill it? Or he, she's like, he's back. And, and he uses his voice, right? Yep. He uses Dan O'Grady's voice, and he says something along the lines. Doesn't he say something like, I don't know. I forget. What does he say? He says something like. I don't even remember the, the line. Oh, God, I can't think of it. Nothing comes to me. It's not that good. Ugh. Yeah, it's super flat. It, it fell flat. I think I was just kind of annoyed because it was so obvious what was going to happen. And he, it was so obvious he wasn't going to do anything threatening or violent or powerful. He was just going to turn around. It was going to be quippy. So she runs off. Was she? So when she runs off, right, is she in an elevator where Dan falls through yeah. the top? It's almost like uh, Silence, of the, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. That's where I was going. That's yeah. crazy. And so it was weird, too, because she must have had a fucking 50-meter head start because he's booking it in the wheelchair chasing her and doesn't catch up to her by the time she gets in that elevator. But O'Grady's sitting there, and he tells her, oh, yeah, you need the four-leaf clover. So just enough it's, life left. Uh, yeah, right. That's what I was just going to say. It's like an excessive amount of time for him to describe everything. And yeah. then he's like, Ugh. It's just like COD 4 <laughs> when you're in last stand. And you're like, fuck off. I'm going to kill you with my pistol. I'm going to get my revenge. For any of you who are, that's Call of Duty 4. I'm not talking about a fish. So then she uh, she books it, right? She books it back to behind the well because i want to say he says something along the lines of the well behind the well there's a four-leaf clover patch yeah and then it kind of pans back to the leprechaun like hauling ass on the uh on the highway yep. right in the wheelchair and then and doesn't it the doesn't it pan th- is this where it pans to uh like the sheriff's calling into the <laughs> yep and so then the leprechaun's just sitting in the car and this is where he does the t-1000 right doing right the voice and the then and then that's i'm assuming that's where he somehow grabs the billy club no it's in the car 
That's because well, she ends up going to the car later, and that's when she gouges right, his eye out. That's true. So that's what I mean. They keep recycling the same places, and there's, you know, like, whatever. We're moving <laughs> on. I ain't got the fucking patience for this. So the whatever kid goes to get his gun and he's sitting in the uh, barn and he's like i'm gonna kill this fucking piece of shit and he's like talking to himself in a very optimistic way that's when you pan up and you right see that's when shoes. you see the little leprechaun feet dangling around right and yeah. that's uh apparently they moved the bear trap <laughs> it yeah. was one spawn time outside and they're like ah fuck it throw it in the barn yeah. and that's when it's next to the kid right and then we also forgot this because there's a great part with the barn where the willow, the leprechaun, goes into the barn, comes out, and he has like the pitchfork oh, wagon of death, yes. and then he flips the truck. Yeah, it's I, not did the not, truck I did not see that happening. Yeah, I can, so dumb. Yeah, it was re- really over the top. Yeah. So anyway, the kid tries to, or he tries to put the kid's head in the bear trap, which is like, whoa. Yeah. I was really getting aroused. I mean, <laughs> um, hoping that would happen. The kid, yeah, the kid's a piece of shit. So I mean, I wouldn't have felt bad at all. I was, I would feel worse about Lenny, aka Ozzy, aka uh, Pogo the clown, yeah. uh, getting killed than this piece of shit kid. So and they let it be known that Ozzy had eaten the coin. So the leprechaun chases him down, takes the buckle off of his shoe, and starts yeah. razor blading this motherfucker. Yeah. I feel like he should have disemboweled him and then got the coin. I mean, that would have been a lot better. But eh. Whatever. I think it would have been great if he disembowels him. And then Ozzy's last words were, I just took a huge dump in the house. <laughs> and then it's, it, this is your excuse for Leprechaun 2 to have him go to L.A. because the coin got flushed in the toilet out to the right? ocean. Oh, that would have been great. And you get him surfing, man. He like makes like a, an intestine fucking clog. Oh, God. <laughs> so the kid shoots him in the mouth with the... Four week clover and says, fuck you, Lucky Right, Charms. he takes his gum out, right? Because yeah. he's like, well, I got to be able to shoot this fucking four-leaf clover into his mouth somehow. So yeah. let me get this gum wadded up and, uh, you know, one shot to fucking make it all happen. And he swishes that bitch. Nails it. As, you know, Ozzy doesn't die, he does the gag to the kid with the, you know, because the kid earlier dupes him and goes, oh, there's someone on your chest and flicks him with the nose. And so Ozzy gets Fucking it. dick. And then it's it's again ruined because there's more expository information where he's like, I've never gotten you with that before. Yeah, we get it. It's <laughs> sentimental. We get it. And then you get the last so, the jump scare at the I, end. I really like the face melting. I thought that looked pretty cool. It was awesome. It looked just yeah. like uh, Stripe and Gremlins, the first one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So apparently, I didn't know this, and I work in uh, water wells. When, when you take gasoline and you pour, you know, not a lot, just like a little bit from a gas can in it, uh, and then light it on fire, the whole thing explodes. Yeah. I know what I'm doing tomorrow at work. <laughs> That's crazy, too, because if Grady would have said, Ah, a leprechaun's weakness is fire, which is why I'm going to use fire to burn this house down in the beginning. Then I think it matters. But I've seen this fucking thing shot and stabbed and dragged and beaten to death, and it didn't work. So why do I think that the fire is going to do it? In fact, I commented to my wife, the fire would probably burn the four-leaf clover and he'd heal. Yeah. That That was my theory. That that makes total sense. Because then you have the disembodied voice of the leprechaun being like, I'll be back at the end. Agreed. One up, bump, now, bump. So, Brian, we hit the credits. There's no redemptive character arc for Brunette Rachel. It's just that they're all done. Um, maybe Ozzy, I mean, if we didn't know he came back on Leprechaun Returns, we could have said he died, but I don't think he did. So, overall, how do you feel about the movie? Uh, as far as uh, grades are concerned, I know I haven't really given a grade on any of the movies in the past, but 
I would probably give it a C minus. Yeah, it has potential. I mean, it's it's fun for kids and stuff, it, but you know, it's I, it's I, a it's a breeze to go through. Yeah, and I feel like that's really kind of its saving grace. Truly, and uh, I feel like this one is ends up being a tragic. Because it's just not that it, oh, it, it's not abs- as self-aware, but the later ones become trashics. Where like Leprechaun in Space, he has a fucking lightsaber. Right. Yeah, I feel like you know I've talked about this earlier. If they would have gotten a little more creative with some of the kills, the Pogo being the exception. Yeah. If they had that throughout, it would have been trashic. Or even more kills. I mean, in the later ones, he kills like crazy, and it's you know it becomes almost popcorn fluff with that. But I like. Just like you said, I like the the one kill is is clever. Yeah, I don't think I don't feel like it knocks off anybody. Who is tragic champion? Tragic is still Chud. <sighs> yeah, it's not as bad as Chud. Chud's gonna be hard to knock off. Yeah, because I feel like we. You yeah, know. I feel like Chud is, but Chud's on like the cusp of yeah. tragic and tragic. Yeah, two or three scenes and it's tragic. But the fact is, is that we've screened enough of these movies to know what they are like what they are going into them. I think that the biggest surprise that we've had was Blood Diner and that was a positive and the you know, I think the Castle Freak was kind of freaky in the sense that we you know, it was shocking that one character could be that like horrific, but it's yeah, I don't think that anything's going to beat Chud for a while unless we do something that we know purposefully is bad, which we're kind of trying to avoid because it's just I don't want to. Like, we have a lot of fans, and thank you all so fucking much. The amount of support we get and people who are like, "Hey, where can I find this?" I fucking love that question because you know what that means? They're going to go do homework to listen to us talk shit. I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel like uh, I'm going to throw a little hint out there. Maybe somebody's little brother in some uh, not-so-famous horror film that we might be doing pretty soon might knock off Chud. Just saying. I'll add to your hint. But first, the Tronya. <laughs> so, I like it. Yeah. That goes into some nerd territory. So now, um, I think we can agree, ends up in the tragic category, not by much. I think if there's two or three more creative characters or or kills, it's a trashic. Yes. And I think that, you know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do the bonus episode of uh, Leprechaun 4 in space. And I think that one I'll have higher just because, you know, being tongue in cheek and being self aware, it's kind of the same thing as Jason Lives being better than, I think, even Friday the 13th Part 3. I, I have a great appreciation for something that is satirical. And right. so the fact that it's making fun of itself Plus works. being in space is exponentially better. Oh, yeah. Better than fucking North Dakota. <laughs> so let's get to the fan questions and commentary for the week. At Cat Darling, which is Darling with a second G, Leprechaun, along with a lot of horror movies I watched as a kid, my uh, mom warning me that they would give me nightmares, so go ahead, gave me nightmares. Leprechaun was a sinister-ass suspenseful movie, the first one. To be honest, I haven't seen any of the falling ones. <laughs> That's where you're fucking up, my friend. At the very least, you should watch in space so you can listen to the episode, because I think you'll dig it. Doug Wabizarro, D-O-U-G-W-A-U-G-H-B-I-Z-A-R-R-O. Yeah, I love it. Always thought he was the hero of all the movies. Always wish there was a leprechaun that took place during Christmas. Oh, that would be great. So fucking good. But I think that if there was one that took place during Passover, it would be even better. Uh, <laughs> a little Eight Crazy Nights action going. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like they could te- they, they'd definitely be able to do it. I mean, Ernest got all of those fucking movies. Why couldn't Leprechaun have it? Seriously. I think, you know, 
the thing with Leprechaun is changing the setting, but I think that you need to change the time of year. Apparently, only one of the movies actually takes place on St. Patrick's Day, which is kind of interesting. Huh. But, like, how about Alif Erickson Leprechaun Day? That sounds fun to me. Uh, yeah, I think that that would be absolutely hilarious. So, uh, I wholeheartedly endorse it. If you can get the funding, I will watch it. So, uh, Chris, G-O-L-L-I-H-U-E, finally, my time has come. I love this series. I love talking about the series. Always have, always will. The only one that kind of irks me is the WWE Studio remake, which I totally agree. He said that it stuck out. Uh, the introduction of the character with Warwick Davis, he knocks it out of the park, and the movies are perfect camp. He uses them as an example to explain schlock, uh, and you know it's something that you can have on in the background without trying to tax your brain. He says that he enjoyed Leprechaun Returns, uh, serviceable, but kind of slips under the radar. I uh, did a nice job of updating the series. His personal favorite is probably Leprechaun 3, simply because of the cheesy dialogue that Warwick owned. I agree. I think that there, everyone, but this one you need. That's the thing. Like, this is your foundation, and then you move on from here. So it's, there's a lot of movies and franchises that you can think of where it's like, oh, this sets up the ground rules, and then it's just chaos from there. Right. On. Like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, arguably the visual effects and characters and stuff get better in later ones, but you need that first one where you he's not funny, where he's very severe, and it kind of gives you that platform. So yeah, it creates all the history, absolutely. Exactly. So that makes sense. And I asked him, Leprechaun in space or Jason X? We all agree it's Jason X, but oh, come on. Absolutely. Our good friend, Robbie or ex-Robbie Hart, X. <laughs> who I know you're suffering from anxiety, my friend. I hope you don't feel like I've called you out on the show. I want you to know that you have people who care about you and support you. You have two goons in my garage who giving you a thumbs up, a wink and a nod, and telling you that you're the best. Keep it up. He says, how about how the hell it spawned so many sequels? Dude, I don't get it. The, Se- the Leprechaun 2 came out like a year after this. I don't know. I- it's cheap. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, I feel like especially like horror in general, I feel like this genre is so easy to have sequels. No, it just it just comes with the, the territory, right? And I think, you know, let's be real. Warwick Davis, given that he is diminutive in stature, they probably only have to pay him half as much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at, <laughs> at XX Ashley spelled A S. L-E-I-G. It's almost like Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. I don't have much to add. Let me think on it. But I do love that movie. And I used to make my baby sister hunch over and walk around the house calling herself <laughs> Ludvin. And she would say, where's me gold just for laps? Those are my childhood memories of Leprechaun. That's beautiful. So I had to read it. Just because I thought it's hilarious. Like, it shows you that nobody's afraid of this movie. So even a child. Uh, our, our friends at the Hey Down in Front podcast... Uh, say, although I'm not a huge fan of the franchise itself, uh, I am a fan of anything that gives Warwick Davis work. So I'll have to look at the first four asinine films as well as both hood movies. After that, however, <laughs> the franchise can kindly fuck off. I like that. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Yep. In doing my research, I've only downloaded the Warwick movies because I was not about to support the horn swoggle and whatever. <laughs> I might check out the uh, you know Leprechaun Returns just based on the kill for Ozzy. But... Leprechaun in the hood. I love those movies. I think they're fucking hilarious. The the very like the juxtaposition of the two are delightful, but whatever. And And the last one by at K underscore Remy said, It used to terrify me as a child, agreed. Which is hilarious now as an adult. Uh I Double feel like agreed. Yeah, absolutely. It's something where uh going back into these movies as a as a child, you're like, Oh man, 
how could I be scared of something like that? But, you know, it's part of growing up, I guess. Yeah, dude. The first time that I saw The Exorcist, I think I was six. I had stayed home from school. My mom found it on the TV. And it actually was one of the things that kept me from being religious because I remember when Reagan, where they find that she has a crucifix under her pillow. Yeah. And I thought as a child, I was like, oh, it's because she believes in God that the devil's allowed to enter her body. So I was like, fuck, that's terrifying. And it wasn't like the visuals that scared me. It was like the mental stuff. So when I ended up revisiting The Exorcist as like a teenager, I was like so pumped up. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be so dope. It's going to be so fucking scary. And it's hilarious. Not the same. Dude, when she crab walks down the stairs, I swear to God, I had to hold my dick because I was about to piss my pants. I was laughing so hard. I fell off my friend Chase's couch onto my face and his dog was licking me because she thought that I was crying because I was laughing so hard. It is so stupid. Yeah. I have something similar actually when uh, when I was younger. One of the first scary movies I saw was uh, The Shining. Mm. And I remember raving about it for so long. And it had been a while since I had watched it again. And I went back and revisited it. And I was like, this is like, and I'm not talking shit on The Shining because I love that movie. But it's literally about an hour and a half of like build up. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's going to get good. It's going to get good. It's going to get good. I mean, it is good. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like there was a lot more scary shit than there actually was. Yeah. If you commit to watch The Shining and you're like, I'm going to put my phone down. Perfect. But if you ha- if you allow yourself any distractions during the hour and a half ramp up, it's not happening. Yep. Agreed. At first, I thought you were going to talk about the made-for-TV Shining that had the dude no, from Wings no, in it, no, the croquet no, no. mallet. Dude, my <laughs> I mean, that was the only good thing about that is how, you know, straight to the point they got with the croquet mallet over the axe. Even though the axe, for creative purposes and for how scary it is, it totally worked. Well, I like that the groundskeeper in the made-for-TV one, when he gets hit in the head with a mallet, he's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> and I remember watching that with my friend Nicole. When we were, you know, still in junior college. And I think we rewound it like 17 times. <laughs> just over and over again. And what, how did it sound one more time? No! <laughs> and it's uh, it's one of those things where I wish Vine culture still existed and existed back then. Oh, it, it does. Isn't it called TikTok? Isn't that a thing? I know. <laughs> I thought I the like TikTok that, was like a song. I feel like that's something the kids do these days. I love how Instagram's trying to keep boomerang a thing, and I'm like, no. I'm not downloading another app. Sorry. Uh uh. So, Brian, I think it's that time again. Yes, sir. Time to say happy trails to all of our good friends. I'd like to say thank you uh, to our homie Tucked In, aka Ben Carter, for the theme music. As always, I've been really bad about uh, giving him his just desserts. He gave us that music for free. Total mention. I really appreciate it, Uh, especially when I reached out prior to even having episodes of the show up. So it's not like he had any kind of faith in us whatsoever. He's just like, oh, yeah, sure, take it. So. Oh, yeah, fuck it. Go on. And then I'd like to plug, of course, the crap-ass little podcast network. Um, we're really excited about working with these individuals. We have, of course, Copulators Die First, Cult Classic Mania, uh, the worst horror podcast. And, you know, if you're ever interested in kind of joining, being a part... This is an exclusive. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and we, you know, please send us... Stuff at at Pass Little Podcast. And uh, you can reach us at Slashers Pod at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, which I'm trying to get to work. It's terrible. I hate Facebook. It's only old people and people who say weird <laughs> racist shit. But it's interesting. You can also reach me personally at Gordie Howe, not Gordie Howe, Gordie Howe uh, at Instagram. 
Also, if you are following at slasherspod at Instagram.com, please, well, not dot .com, dot .app, dot .whatever, <laughs> uh, <laughs> please be aware that we are doing a t-shirt contest giveaway once we hit a thousand followers. I almost said subscribers. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't know how social media works, man. But once we hit that thousand number, what we're going to be doing is if you can send us proof that you have either reviewed the show or promoted the show in some way, even if it's just you know a post on your page saying, hey, I listened to this stupid piece of shit awful thing and you should avoid it, at least you've given us publicity and that would count as an entry. You would just send us a message with that screen cap that enters you into the contest to win one of three shirts. The way that it'll work, There's one shirt with the classic logo, one shirt with the Hannibal Lecter redesigned logo, and one shirt with the mutant goons from beyond. In the sequence with which we pick the three winners, that person gets first dibs, second dibs, and the third person just gets whatever. And you'll probably also get some stickers and other goodies in that grab bag. I like it. Uh, So, yeah, I think it'll be a fun little contest, and I hope you all enjoy it. So if you would be so kind, as aforementioned, please do send us the uh, reviews and whatnot. You can enter in advance, and that'd be cool. And then you can make a bunch of fake accounts and do it like that, like that PewDiePie guy gets. And it'd be perfect, and I could be super famous. Yeah, it's a fun way um, to just give back, right? We like to interact with our fans uh, through Instagram and what have you. So, yeah, it's just our way of appreciating you guys. Exactly. And I think it'll be fun. And if the t-shirts are well received, we might do a run of them super limited. Not something where we're going to go breaking the bank and having 2,000 of them sitting in my garage, but something. (laughs) So as Brian mentioned, we do like to interact with our fans. I would like to send a special set of encouragement and support to our friend Femme Fatale 1987. You know who you are. You know what's happening. You know we care about you. Uh, So slash on, little sister. Yeah, that's right. Fight the powers that be. Brian, is it time to end this episode this week? I think so, man. So, guys, I'm just going to leave you with, uh, if you're not watching them dying, you're not really trying. And for Brian, for Jake, for all the mutant goons from beyond, I want to remind you to go out there and do something you love. And remember, all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. Pfft.